on the Aggie Sports Network. From Learfield, from Rudy's, welcome to the Aggie's Coaches Show. Brought to you by Ruby's, home of the Aggie Coaches Show. SC Needham Jewelers, where Utah gets engaged. America First Credit Union, financial solutions for every need. And by Stokes. Stokes Trucking, doing the right thing since 1979. Now, the Aggies Coaches Show. Here's the voice of the Aggies, Scott Gerard. Boy, do we have a fun show to break down. Welcome on in. It's another edition of the Danny Sprinkle Coaches Show. We're live here at Ruby's Pizzeria and Grill. We want you to come by. We'll give you a free appetizer just for showing up and uh, talking a little Aggie hoops. What a game last night as the... Utah State basketball team, crazy game last night in overtime. Finally back in town after a uh, flight today from Fresno. Uh, and uh, no rest for the weary as Air Force rolling into town coming up on Friday. We're going to kick the show off with assistant coach Andy Hill, kind enough to join us. How are you, sir? Doing great. Doing great. Just uh, enjoying the chips and queso and drew it up exactly how we thought it'd go last night. I am telling you from the UNLV game to Boise State to last night, um, you guys just find new and crazy and exciting ways to win games, man. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, coaching something, isn't it? But uh, it's a tribute to the kids. They're, they're resilient and they fight through stuff and uh, they have a, a no quit in them and uh, find a way to win. So credit to them. So when you're looking at the makeup of this team and you're wondering, you know, how does, before a season starts and you say, okay, this is what we got. You piece together a roster, mm-hmm. um, you know, with no r- returning minutes or returning points. And, and so you're putting it together and you're not quite sure. You know who you're getting in terms of players, but you're not quite sure how the chemistry is going to play out or how these guys are going to interact. But yet these guys just seem to like each other and they seem to play well together. Um, how, how did that happen? How did that work out? Well, I think part of it's the, the culture you set as a program. The the Aggie culture has been strong, I think, for a lot of years. Uh, and then I think Danny obviously brought a certain culture with him that he wants to embody. And some of the players came back over the summer and spoke to the team about the Aggie way. And it just, it just kind of happened. And then credit again to the team, uh, high-character guys uh, that care and uh, have some compassion for one another and there you have it uh you never really know how it's going to go anyone that tells you difference lying but uh, it has gone good so far as as far as their camaraderie goes and how they treat each other and interact well i watch and and again i'm not inside the locker room i do travel a little bit with you guys and and see you guys a little bit you know outside of the gym to a certain extent but um I don't see the locker room, and I don't see some of those other places, but I do watch body language Mm -hmm. out on the court. And when things aren't going well, I don't see bickering. I don't see pointing fingers. I don't see any of that other stuff. You guys were down four uh, late in that game, and you end up finding a way to come back and win that game. But yet there's no pointing fingers. Everybody's positive. Everybody's like, hey, you know what? Let's do this. And I think that's really fascinating to see how that comes together. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're 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 on them about that. Our team word right now is synergy, and so that's a big part of it for us is is staying connected, uh, and staying as one. And so they do a pretty good job. I I think we still have some areas where we can tighten up a little bit, but for the most part, there's not a lot of finger finger pointing or bickering or any of that. And it, again, if if you tolerate it, then you're encouraging it. Yeah. And if you don't. 
then it'll get nipped in the bud pretty quickly. So uh, we try and stay on those things, win, lose, or draw, and make sure that the, the culture is strong and, and people are connected, pulling in the right direction. So Coach was pretty honest and uh, blunt last night uh -huh. on the post game, and I'm sure he'll be the same as well. Um, a lot of turnovers last night, missed free throws. Yep. Um, it seemed like there were a couple moments in the first half and the second half where you guys are up eight, and it feels like, okay, here we go. You're ready to pull away, and boom, just like that, Fresno State would come back in. A lot of credit to them. Those guys fought yeah. like crazy. They showed a lot of pride last night. Um, but, you know, you got to look at it and probably say, wow, there were a lot of missed opportunities to really kind of pull away and, and take control of that game. What were some of the issues you guys were running into in terms of that? Well, I think uh, maybe a little bit of a lack of focus when we got ahead. We made some, some plays that probably didn't need to be made uh, as far as dribbling or doing things kind of just a little bit out of focus. And it can it's hard to capture energy in a game, and when you capture it, you better take full advantage of it. And we did for a spurt, and then we kind of got a little loose. And it can it can be lost pretty quickly, and so we lost a little bit of that momentum. I think at one stretch during the first half, excuse me, and one stretch uh, during the second half. And again, like I, I think sometimes in sports it's lost. Like Fresno's got talent too. Oh yeah, and they're a Division One yeah. team, and, a, and 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 have had a successful program. So let's not forget about that. And and the same will be true. Of, uh, with Air Force, you know, I, Air Force goes into the pit and, and beats New Mexico, right? And so, like, any given night, you better be right and your energy better be right and you better take advantage of momentum plays and runs or stuff can happen. Yeah. And it can spiral the other way pretty quickly. Well, and there's no doubt, and I think a lot of credit to Justin Hudson and, and that staff for, Absolutely. Um, I mean, they had key players out. They've dealt with a ton of adversity. There's a lot of... Yep. conversations about uh, about the future of that program and for those guys to gut up and play well after a couple of really tough losses um you know hats go off to those guys for sure oh absolutely yeah it's uh, it, what they've been through internally with injuries is just it's crazy to me and so yeah yeah as a coach it's it's hard to go through that uh especially when you've got a good team um and so yeah uh credit to them that they're fighting really hard and and I hope they get healthy and get some of those guys back. So I want to go from your perspective as a mm -hmm. coach. Um, uh, Ducell makes both free throws. You're D. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm saying on the air, I'm like, well, you got to get it down, down court quick because Fresno is going to foul. Mm -hmm. And you knew, and uh, Coach Hudson said afterwards in his postgame show that that was the direction. They wanted a foul, but they didn't get it done quick enough. And I had great Osibor on my show in Salt Lake City earlier today, and he said, he realized that they were slow getting to Darius, so he comes up and sets the high screen yep. to give him a little bit more space. Yep. I thought that was a fascinating answer with some high basketball IQ, realizing, hey, I can get my guy a little bit more space if I come up there and help him out a little bit. Yeah, for sure. It was a great play uh, by Great, uh, for sure, and a heck of a shot by, by Darius, but the shot never happens if he doesn't set a screen on that on that guy. And, yeah, I, uh, Huddy said it on the way out of the arena, like, they were supposed to foul and they didn't. Um, but part of it was great put them in a, a tough position by getting on that screen quickly uh, before they could foul. And that freed up the, the space for Darius. So that ball's in the air. Um, 
Did you hear him call bank? <laughs> oh, man, he would say so. Yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't hear it, but it was uh, it was fun to watch it go in. You know, there's a couple moments, too. You know, the screen from great, and then also on that long inbounds pass by Mason to just bat it yep. down. You know, just, you know, we always talk about that in football on a Hail yep. Mary. Just bat it down and just don't try to do anything crazy. Don't try to get hit. You know, don't do anything stupid. Just all you have to do is just make sure he doesn't catch the ball and you can go into overtime. Like there were a lot of really, really smart plays that may not show up in a box score on that final possession. Yeah, there's a lot of plays within the game that uh, some people may catch and, and some may not just part of it. But there was some plays made that were pretty pretty special you know within the game uh to help us be in that position and and listen playing on the road's hard oh yeah i mean you look at like purdue they got a dang good team last time i checked and they go into ohio state and lose it's just this time of year uh i think it's a little bit harder even playing on the road just with where the guys are at travel wise and things like that it's not an excuse but i think it's probably statistically evident that you know, a lot of games are won at home this time of year. Um, and so to go and, and, and win that game, um, it, it's special, you know. We know guys are banged up physically, but mm -hmm. how hard is it mentally on these guys when you're playing, you know, all these games in a short amount of time and, and you know, you're 19, 20, 21, 22 years old? Like the mental ang you know, anguish isn't the right word. The mental pressure has got to be almost as much as the physical. Yeah, I think obviously it can drain you a little bit, and you got to be careful of that. Um, we tried to give them last week two days off consecutive to get them kind of freshened up, and, and they've got a good spirit about them. And, and like I say, it, it's a lot easier, I think, when you get along well yep. and there's some camaraderie because you enjoy the time together a little bit more. And so they've done a good job with that, but I think every team goes through it. You know, it can be a little draining at times, and – You've got to fight through it mentally. Uh, it's kind of human nature. Um, but we talk about them, too. Like, at the end of the day, it's all it's all excuses. Yeah. Like, you got to find a way, you know, and, and they found a way. Credit to them. And now we got to find another way on Friday. So when you look at this conference and you look at, you know, there's – I don't know, eight teams that could win that conference tournament. I mean, yeah. and, and frankly, if not more, um, you, you were in the Pac-12 for a little bit. You've been mm -hmm. around the country. Is this from top to bottom as much parity as you've seen in a conference in a college basketball season? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I, I would say so, and I think you're seeing that across the nation a little bit with the transfer portal. You know, there's a lot more opportunity for guys to move around, and therefore rosters can be a little bit stronger with uh, adding pieces. And so I, I definitely think you're seeing that in our conference. Uh, there's some dang good teams, and, you know, probably uh, given being able to play at home or on a neutral court versus so-called Power 5 teams, uh, a lot of them would do well. And so you're seeing that. And in the Mountain West, yeah, I would say – Boy, look at some of the overtime games and how close some of these games are top to bottom, and, and you'd have your answer, you know, and that would be yes. Well, you look at last night, and, you know, everybody's looking at your game, but also San Jose State almost beat San Diego State. Wyoming yep. almost beats UNLV, and we yep. saw – everybody saw how the Colorado State-Nevada game ended. Yep. You know, both those teams are a lot more evenly matched, but yep. I'm just – like, 
nothing can really surprise you with what you see in this conference anymore. No, and as a coach, like, you know, you know it's going to be competitive, and you never think any way, any way different than that. Um, I think sometimes fans are like, oh, this is yeah, that type. No, like, every game's a dogfight, you know? Uh, and there's a lot of good teams and a lot of good coaches and a lot of good players, and then you throw the dynamic of playing on the road, and, yeah, it can become challenging pretty quickly. And so you have to just be aware of controlling your energy and your effort, and that's why we've used that word synergy, just making sure that we're controlling our togetherness and our effort because uh, that's something you can control. Sometimes the other stuff, who knows, but that for sure. Um, when you play a team like Air Force mm -hmm. that you got coming up on Friday, you've played them already before, mm -hmm. but it was, you know, it feels like three, five months ago. Yeah. Almost. yeah. Um, they're so difficult to prepare for, mm -hmm. so difficult to try to defend, and yet, you know, you guys got in about an hour ago. Mm -hmm. um, uh, physical, emotional overtime game the night before. Uh, you'll have tomorrow, and then the game's on Friday. How yep. difficult is it for that short turnaround? Well, again, yeah, it's not ideal, uh, but they've got to do the same thing, you know. And we did, we did have some rest. Um, they played last night too, and they yeah. got to travel here. So yeah, it's not ideal. Uh, we have played them. Um, they are different in the preparation for them, uh, but the reality is, we got to find a way. And so uh, we watched film this morning uh, before we left the hotel on their personnel just to refresh the guys. And then we, excuse me, we got back here about a little after five and we went in and watched film on, on some of their main actions. Um, and then what we'll do tomorrow is we'll, uh, we'll meet in the morning and watch some more film and then we'll, we'll practice tomorrow afternoon to try to give them a little more rest before we go yeah. live. Uh, and then, you know, the, the good thing in a way is the game's not till 9 on Friday. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry, Scotty. Oh, no, you're fine. Uh, it's not an afternoon game. So we do have a little bit more time, so we'll have a shoot around. But they are, they are difficult because they do play differently than a lot of teams. And so we'll have to be locked in mentally uh, to the scout and, and some of the things. And, and then, you know, you always got to bring the energy. You, you look at uh, a team like that. And it's really hard to, I got to imagine, and I talked to Coach Anderson about this on the football side. Mm -hmm. You've got a great guy, you know, guys that really do a good job for you scout-wise. But to try to replicate what they do in practice with your guys, it, how difficult is that to try to replicate that so that your, your main guys are well prepared for what they're going to see coming up on Friday night? Yeah, I'd say they'd be one of the more challenging, if not the most challenging in regards to that because the system's so much different. Um, a lot of back cuts, you know, um, some ghost actions, some different screening angles. And so, yeah, it's it's hard to do that uh, on a short turnaround. I mean, the good thing is we've already played them. But like you yeah. said, it's been a while ago. Our scout team does a tremendous job of preparing, um, you know, the guys who are playing the most right now in regards to that. So I feel good, again, about our character and our focus uh, from the standpoint of preparation. Uh, those guys are going to do the best job they can do in that short turnaround to make sure that our team is prepared to, to guard them and, and know some of the things. And then, you know, we gotta got to go execute. How hard is it to walk the line of trying to make sure that physically you're prepared for games and you're, you're doing everything you can to keep guys – 
because, you, you know, you in a perfect world, you'd love to have, you know, three-hour practices and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But you also know at this point of the season, you got to be very careful with the wear and tear on the bodies. Yep. How hard is it to walk that line on how to handle practices and things like that? Not just this week, but in general this time of year. Yeah, I think that's something you definitely got to manage and take into account. Again, not only physically, but mentally. Uh, like today, we're completely off the court Yeah. Uh, to try and get them rested up and ready tomorrow. We, we tried to make practice not too late tomorrow, but late enough to where they could get some more rest uh, mentally and physically. Uh, but it's definitely a balance. And then this time of year, not only addition uh, – you got the addition of injury risk yeah. in practice. Yeah. You know, when you start bumping heads, as I call it, against each other, sometimes something can go wrong. And so you've got to manage that. You've got to stay physical and sharp, but not bump too much to where somebody gets hurt in practice. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's another added dynamic. As the success of this season, you're you're recruiting. You're you know you're trying to contact guys and get the next crop of Aggies in here and. And I know that you've got commitments and you got to be careful about that a little bit. Mm-hmm. But has the success of this year, have you already seen maybe conversations with guys that have said, oh, geez, I watched you guys do this or I watched you guys get that? Have, have recruits noticed the season you guys have put together so far this year? Yeah, for sure. I think uh, anytime you win and you get recognition, um, especially nationally, uh, it, it, it helps uh, for sure. And so, yes, recruits are aware, people are aware, and as you start having conversations, um, whether it be with junior college kids or potentially when the portal opens up um, this spring, I think definitely you have uh, a leg up from the standpoint of you've got proven success. And the program has proven success over uh, an extended period of time. And so kids want to play in a program especially the right kids that they have a chance to be successful and so if if going to the tournament and being at the top half of the league is important to you then again uh it gives more credibility to the fact that we're able to do that here and then obviously you have the spectrum when you're winning uh the fans i mean it's it's electric so that kind of goes hand in hand and then obviously the the difference nowadays um, that's the balance in it, and it can't be too much one way or another is the collective. Oh, yeah. Uh, because that's a factor for these kids now with what they're able uh, to achieve uh, for themselves. And so uh, with that, the success, the tradition, the spectrum, hopefully we've got a nice package to put together. Well, I will say this, and uh, I know you may need to be careful a little bit about it, but uh, I'll say it. Uh, I would highly encourage everybody to get to that blue a collective and help out because every little dollar counts in terms of that and making sure that players come to utah state that they stay at utah state they have a good experience at utah state and you guys can continue to build and be successful with what you've got here because uh frankly um it needs it's a big part whether you like it or not and look you you've been around the college game for a long time the last two or three years, I got to imagine, has just been like, what, what, what the hell is this, man? This is crazy. But you got to adapt or die, right? That's right. Yeah, you you definitely have to adapt, and and a lot of it's I, I've said this before, and I don't mind. The reality is, uh, a long time ago, there should have been some type of sharing with these kids, and they weren't progressive enough from an NCAA and university level at whatever university you're at to to do that. And so now we're playing catch up a yeah. little bit. And 
the good thing is here, uh, support is gaining. And what the word you used, retention, is key, especially if they go to this two-time transfer where kids can maybe transfer more than once on the open market. It is going to be uh, a free-for-all at yeah. the stockyards. So uh, you, you've got to make sure that you're able to retain good kids and good players because you have a system they're used to it they know the discipline they know the expectation and if you can do that then you can continue to gain by adding some pieces but when you're when you're constantly playing catch-up or you're constantly trying to fill too many spots that can be that can be troublesome i know that uh and I, I, I should be a little bit more up to speed. I know that there's a temporary mm-hmm. allowance for multiple transfers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, coach's old player, Raekwon Battle, kind of led the led the charge in yep. that. Yep. Um, and, and it's funny because you guys work so hard to get Ian Martinez, and then yeah. two weeks later it's like, well, it didn't matter anyway because yeah. everybody can play. No uh, doubt. Is, do you anticipate that that's going to be a permanent move, that that will be allowed and that there will be multiple transfers allowed? If I was a betting man, I'd say yes. Uh, that that there will be multiple transfers and and like I say uh, this collective thing is is crazy too I don't know if you saw the the judge in Tennessee that yeah. you know said hey you can have no involvement in it the reality is the NCAA did not do a good job at all of defining what it meant how it can operate and things like that and they left it in the wind and so now again you've got chaos and so good for that judge to say, hey, no, wait a second. Like, what are we doing here? And, and we'll see where it goes from there. But in any industry, you have to have parameters, guidelines in order to operate correctly. Yeah. And when you leave stuff in the wind, then who the heck knows? Exactly. And that's what they did. They left it in the wind. Yeah. And so here we are. So I believe that we'll see a couple things. And this is, again, I have no inside knowledge, just I guess common sense. Uh, I believe that we'll see multiple transfers, and I believe that uh, the collective world will loosen up a little bit in regards to um, how how it's conducted or at least interpreted. Well, giddy up, folks! It's gonna yeah. get crazy. Yep. And hey. the good thing is, like I say, we've got, we've got great support. We're in a good position, and the the number one goal is to make sure and retain the roster we have, yeah. and keep these kids as Aggies because it's a special place. Well, Coach, appreciate you coming by. Yes, Scotty, grab yourself a meal. Yep. It's you so much fun. By the way, you guys. Uh, or, you know, I've worked with a lot of staffs. So you guys are so much fun to work with. Yeah, and, I appreciate and, that. And just a great crew, you and, and the rest of the assistants and, and, and Coach Sprinkle. It's, you know, it's funny because at Utah State, this is my, you know, I've been doing this, this is my seventh year, and this is my fourth different coaching staff. Yeah. And, uh, but yet you guys are just welcoming and cool, and it's been a blast being on this ride with you guys. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for all your help and support, and uh, thanks for Aggie Nation. We, we appreciate it. Let's pack that spec. Let's do it. Game coming up on Friday. Get those tickets. Go to utahstateaggies.com. Coming up next, you're going to hear from Danny Sprinkle. That's Andy Hill as the Aggies get set for the Falcons. We'll recap that Fresno State game and look ahead as well. You're listening to Aggie Basketball live here at Ruby's Pizzeria and Grill on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield.
Welcome all back. You're listening to the Danny Sprinkle Coaches Show. We are live here at Ruby's Pizzeria and Grill. Remember, USU Credit Union serving true Aggies since 1957 and located on campus. Visit the branch inside the University Welcome Center or any of the six locations around Cash Valley. USU Credit Union, smart, local, and convenient. Well, Coach, I'm not going to lie. There were moments during the final stretch of that game last night in, uh, in regulation where I thought, man, Coach and I are going to be breaking down a loss to Fresno State. But yet you guys are able to come up and get the W. And I was talking to Coach Hill about it, you know, whether it's UNLV in the five-point play or Boise State in the Ian Martinez bucket late yeah. to send overtime. Your guys just find crazy new ways to win games. They do, and they keep it, you know, we kept it just close enough to where all we needed was three points, not yeah. four. Uh, but, yeah, this group, they just got a knack. They, uh, they uh, you know, we, we made it really hard on ourselves by turning the ball over and, you know, missing a lot of free throws where it shouldn't even come down to that. Um, but the guys made a great play, you know, and Fresno State was trying to foul, you know, and we knew that. I saw their coaches telling their players, and Great came and set a great screen on Darius's guy, and that was the guy that was supposed to foul. And Great's guy was about 10 feet off of him. And so by the time Darius turned the corner, you know, when a guy's facing the basket, you can't come foul him. And that's how Darius got the shot off. And, and it's crazy because, like, I thought he got fouled. Yeah. I, I still think he got fouled even after watching the tape you, you because want, the guy was in his cylinder. And you wonder if it was a situation where they were waiting to see if he made it or not, and then they were going to blow the whistle and, you yeah, know, something along those yeah. lines, you know. Yep. Uh, but <laughs> – but, yeah, because I thought, man, this this thing could end with an N1. But, oh, I mean, that, would, that would have been crazy. <laughs> but, you know, that's the thing. Darius, you know, I, you know, my part of my day job is covering the Jazz as well. I mean, he's four years older than Keontae George. You know, I mean, yeah. he's been there around. He's seen it, and he's yep. such a smart player. And even in nights where maybe the energy level wasn't great in the first half, yep. the second half, and I don't know what kind of hellfire and damnation you dropped at halftime, but, but you could tell that. There was a little bit of a different spirit there in the second half when he really started to take over. Yeah, he. Uh, I mean, he didn't take his first shot until 17 minutes left in the game. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I appreciate you not forcing things, but, like, we need you to force some things. You know, every, every other guard was turning the ball over. I'd rather have you turn it over if anybody. And uh, But he just, you know, he picked his spots and still ended up with a double-double. You know, he rebounded really well, you know, especially late in the game. At the end, uh, he had some huge rebounds. And, you know, he came up with the, uh, you know, I guess great dove on the floor and, and got the ball to him there yeah. uh, in overtime. But, you know, he made, you know, not only that huge three at the end of regulation, but, you know, the three in overtime that kind of sealed the game. Well, and, and that's the other one I was going to talk about as well. And realizing it, I talked to him after the game, and he was looking at great, and they'd done a great job in that first, you know, you know look, it – Six minutes in the game, I thought Great Osamore was going to have 40 points in that game. Yeah. I mean, they just couldn't stop him. And then they do a good job of fronting him and, and, and forcing some other yep. issues. And I know he was trying to get it down to Great, and they played off him a little bit. And he gave him a little bit of space, and he's like, fine, I'll knock it down. And he did and essentially won the game at that point. No, it was huge. You know, and uh, But that's what he does. He's just – I mean, how many big shots has he made just in one year? Yeah. I mean, that's like probably six shots that, that directly lead to winning. Were there and, moments uh, like that at Montana State with him too? Uh, not really. Like we didn't have, we didn't have. We had some close games, not as many as we've had here. Uh, but a lot of like we had, you know, we had the kid Raekwon battle where at the end of the game I could just say like go yeah, go make a play. You know, we yeah. just get him at the in the middle of the floor and, and go. And you know, Raekwon hit he hit probably two game winners. Uh, but Darius he doesn't care about that. Like he would rather 
pass it to somebody for a game winner too if if it's available um, but you know this year like it hasn't been available and we need him to make those shots and so he's got the ball in his hands you know a lot more than you know than he did last year because he was spraying it to a lot of players last year too but I mean you still got to make them you yeah. know like, yeah in, a lot of guys can shoot them you got to make them and uh, he's been phenomenal it really has and the fun thing about this team is I don't see, and again, you know, this is my perspective. Um, you know, I travel with you guys a little bit. I see you guys a little bit off the court, but not as much as, um, as, as some. And when things aren't going well, you don't see a lot of finger pointing. You don't see a lot yeah. of barking at each other and stuff like that. You see a lot of constructive yeah. criticism and being like, yep. hey, I need this. There was a moment where Great Osborne said to Josh, I need that pass a lot faster, yeah. uh, a little bit higher. You know, but but it seems like when there's adversity, sometimes teams kind of turn in on each other a little bit, and I don't see that with your guys. No, we don't, and it, and it shows kind of their character and how close they are. Like you said, like they can they can challenge each other, but a lot of it, you know, happens in practice. And, you know, once the game starts, like they're just connected. And, you know, they all know how much they need each other and, and they lean on each other. And, you know, it, that's but that's why we've been successful. You know, I've said it many times, we're not – we're not anywhere near the most talented team in the Mountain West. You know, but for whatever reason, we're number one right now. And so, you know, for us to continue to do that, we got to, you know, continue to build on some of the good things we do and the chemistry we have has got to carry us through. You've been around a few different leagues. Have you seen a league in one individual year have as much parity from, you know, number one to number seven or eight like this league has right now? No. I mean, not even close. I mean, it's – and when you're playing at such a high level to have the parity. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's different when, you know, if you're at a low, like, it's different, you know. But when you're at a, you know, basically one of the top conferences in the country and you have Nevada who plays without their best player and they go into Colorado State last night and win, you know, like, that's how, I mean, Colorado State, you know, they were ranked 20th in the country a week ago and they've, you know, they've, they're 8-8 eight and eight in league. And might be and good yeah, chance they're playing on Wednesday. It's crazy. In the tournament. And, yeah. And – I mean, they could win a lot of power conferences. And so, you know, they got one of the best point guards in the country. And so it's, uh, it's, it's crazy, and it, it comes down to, you know, like we've talked about, like winning some of those close games like we have. And we got to continue that. You know, we gotta, it's going to be a close game Friday. You know, we got to somehow find a way to make shots like we did last night, and hopefully we don't turn it over as much, and hopefully we can make some free throws. Well, you were pretty blunt last night in the post game in saying, "Hey, you know what? Fresno did everything they right. They yeah. they you know, they did everything to deserve that win last night, and yet somehow you guys got it done." And I got to imagine that resonates with your team realizing, "Okay, we may have we may have stolen one last night. We can't yep. plan on that happening again on Friday." Yep. And you have to steal every championship team steals a couple. Like you're not going to have energy every night. Um, you know, but I thought, you know, when teams are playing as hard as Fresno was playing, like, you have to match it. You know, and I, I felt like for the majority of the game, we didn't match it. And, uh, you know, that was disappointing. You know, because we're, we're playing for, some, we're playing for some, some high stakes right now, and, and we, can't, we can't come out like that. And so hopefully we learned our lesson there. Uh, you know, it is a tough environment, you know, down there. Going to Fresno is always hard to win. But, you know, the fan, it's not like there's a lot of fans. You've got to bring your own energy and and the way they were guarding and just kind of making it hard, like it kind of just kind of snowballed a little bit for our energy. And so uh, once we got it going again, you know, and, but we just never, we never got 
multiple stops in a row, and then we'd get baskets. And yeah. So there was never that, like, 7-8-0 run. And when you guys, you know, there were a couple moments. The first half, you were up eight points. Yes. Second half, you are up eight points. I'm thinking, okay, here we go. Yep. Here comes the run, and boom, both times they brought they, they went on their own 8-0 run and tied it up, and it was a dogfight, you know, the rest of the way. And it's just, you know, again, credit to Fresno. And I, yeah. I, I loved how – how much praise you gave Coach Hudson. He's in a, he's in a difficult situation yeah. with the injuries and everything else going on down there. To have those guys fighting, I, all the credit in the world for those guys. No, no question. You know, and you talked about those two runs. Uh, the start of both of those runs was we missed layups. Yeah. You know, we could have got the lead to 10, missed wide open layups, and then they transitioned and got layups. And then they got a steal, then they hit a three, and now all of a sudden it's a, a three-point game instead of a 10-point game. And so, but that's, a, that's momentum in college basketball, and you know, it seems like every time we miss layups, it's an automatic layup for the other team. You know, teams are too good at this level and too fast where they trend. And we do it to teams, too. If they miss layups against us, we, you know, that's when you can push it. But hopefully uh, hopefully we're not the ones missing layups on Friday. Well, one thing I thought they did a good job of is they got back well because, you yes. know, you guys do such a good job in transition. Yeah. And, and I thought their coaching staff had them getting back quickly to make sure that to limit your transition game because you guys are elite in that regard so far this year. They did, and they, you know, they bled the clock. You know, they, they moved the ball around, and they didn't really shoot until the last five seconds of shot clocks. And so they knew the shot was going up, and their guards were always sprinting back. You know, pretty much they only had, you know, one, maybe two guys going to the offensive glass for, for the majority of the game. And so it, they were able to get back in transition. And then even when they were making that shot, when they were getting their runs and were taking the ball out of the net, it was even tougher. Yeah. Uh, we got some questions. Uh, we'll get to those coming up next. You're listening to the Danny Sprinkle Coaches Show as Utah State gets the win against Fresno. Now a big showdown against Air Force coming up on Friday and then the last week of the regular season. And then we all go down to Vegas, which should be a crazy tournament down there as well. You're listening to the Danny Sprinkle Coaches Show live at Ruby's Pizzeria and Grill right here on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield. <laughs> Welcome on back. You're listening to the Danny Sprinkle Coaches Show live here at Ruby's Pizzeria and Grill. They've added a late night menu. It's Ruby's After Dark Thursday, Friday, and Saturday every week from 9 to 12 a.m. with fan favorites like chicken taco rolls, chicken tenders. They got the Boston dog, chicken and waffles. Make sure to visit Ruby's after every home game, including on Friday when Utah State takes on Air Force. All right, so you played Air Force earlier in the year, but it feels like yeah. that was like seven months ago. Yeah. And uh, and it is a really difficult team to prepare for. Um, and you you travel today, and you'll have tomorrow, and then the game's on Friday. Now it is a little bit of a later start on Friday. but yep. And they're dealing with the same thing. But yeah. how difficult is that for your guys to be ready schematically, mentally, to be prepared for that game? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's very hard because they're, they're the best – ball movement and body movement team probably in the country like they moved the ball they cut so hard you know they got that Princeton style that tons of back doors and post up like you have to if you relax for a second they're backdooring you and yeah. so you know they really test your you know your discipline your eye discipline you know I know a lot of teams talk about that in football kind of eye discipline but that's what you have to have against you know Air Force and you know they're playing really well I mean to go in in the pit like that's impressive you know with their team and and they've been close on a lot of games. Even last night, you know, it got away from a little bit in the second half, but it was a close game at halftime with Boise. And so it, uh, we know we know what we're in for. And, you know, they, they're one of the best shooting, three-point shooting teams in the country. And so we're going to have to be definitely guard the three-point line and 
watch our heads and not get backdoored. Really enjoy Petritus. He's a fun player to watch. Great player, yeah. And everybody's going to look at that three hit against New Mexico. But that's, I mean, if you've watched Air Force and watched Mountain West Conference basketball, you're not surprised by that. No. They're, their whole team, like he's, he's so hard to guard because he's really good off the bounce. He can shoot the three. He's got great size. You know, and, and the more I kind of looked into it, I guess he's got, you know, his parents were big-time players too. I think his dad played at Oregon State, but oh, okay. uh, they were both really good players over in Europe, uh, both his mom and his dad. Well, uh, he certainly plays, and he's, yeah. he's a smart player, too. Talk about smart plays. Um, I want to go back. We talked about great Osibor setting the screen, and he was on my show in Salt Lake, and he talked a little bit about realizing that New Mexico, or that Fresno was a little late on the foul so he can come up there, create a little bit of space. Yep. But also the entry pass that he threw to Falslev, which not only got the end one, but, out. but it fouled out Isaiah Hill, which that was, was the a biggest huge... play of the game. Exactly. Biggest play of the game because now they didn't have their ball handler in there. You know, and they had to play with him, play without him the rest of the game. And that's kind of when we, we jumped on him, when we took the lead and, and we never gave it back. Uh, you know, but Mason had, you know, he had, he had two. We, we posted him up one time uh, where he scored on him, and then we tried to post him again. They came down and doubled, but that play was huge. It was a great pass. And it was, a, it was an unbelievable play by Mason, too, catching and scoring it. And, you know, that – there's little things like that that just don't show up in a box score that I think you guys have been really good at at times this year. Yeah, you know, and that, and we'll talk about stuff like that. You know, like we knew we were trying to get Calamario out of the game too. You know, he had four, four fouls for a long time. Yeah. And, you know, but the way they were packing the paint and doubling down on the post, it was, you know, he didn't have to foul as much, and he was working, doing a good job fronting. Uh, but anytime you can get, you know, team's best players out of the game, it's huge, especially if it's a ball handler. There's – so much creativity that you have to do offensively to try to get those post opportunities yeah. for great because if he gets that one-on-one matchup, it's lights out. Like, yeah. you know, he can finish with both hands. We see his skill set in the post. So guys are fronting him. You're seeing all kinds of different things. How hard is it as a coach to try to get that action to try to make sure that he can get those opportunities down low? Yeah, it is hard, you know, and especially like, you know, we got to shoot the ball better, yeah. you know, or else teams are going to continue to pack the paint, you know, because we're – we're capable. I thought Josh made some huge shots last night to keep us in the game in the first half. Uh, but, yeah, we, you know, we have a lot of different ways to, you know, that's what's been good is even at Montana State we were built through the post. So, like, we have a bunch of different things that we run to get guys' touches. Um, but even last night, like, sometimes it's we tell great, like, we need you to duck in and post up to open up driving lanes. You know, like a couple of Mason's drives were because great was doing a great job holding his guy off, sealing him. To where now Mason has a lane to get to his right hand and finish that, and so, you know, it kind of goes both ways. You know, sometimes it's to open up drives, and sometimes it's just to throw that thing right in there and get to the free throw line. Darius is, I mean, I mean, you like you were a guard, you know how difficult it is yeah. to throw those entry passes. Um, how special is that for for Darius and his ability to find guys open? I mean, he threw a touchdown pass to to great, and I think it was yeah. the first half. It's like my goodness. The, kid could be playing quarterback for yeah. some college teams with that accuracy he does and he's got that just innate ability to like even when he threw it i was like oh no 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 and then i was like oh wow yeah pass like you know it's not even in, even sitting on the side you don't even see it but he sees that and you know he's got a tremendous feel like it is you know passing into the post is an art and it's kind of a lost art a lot of yeah. players can't do it now you know you saw a couple of our guys last night we couldn't make the passes and so it uh you know darius throws guys open you know, he doesn't necessarily, like, throw it right to great. He'll, like, lead great to where great's supposed to be, where he can just catch and score it. Uh, by the way, I had a question rolling in. Um, 
and uh, not necessarily a question, but said uh, with you guys having an off week, uh, Utah State released the Danny Sprinkle highlight package on Twitter oh, at goodness. Montana State. And they're like, holy smokes, this dude, this dude could play back in the day. No, they, they, the players were teasing me, talking about the big shorts and all, all that stuff. Yep. <laughs> hey, people forget the mid-90s mid shorts, man. <laughs> yeah. the, uh, the Fab Five brought it in, and uh, yes, a lot did. of us were rocking those shorts down to our mid-calves. No question, no question. They need to bring them back. Some of these guys weren't too short of oh, shorts. Oh, I know, yeah. The, the John Stockton's yeah. need to go away. Yeah, they got to go. <laughs> Uh, all right, we'll wrap things up. Final segment with Coach coming up next. We'll get you ready for Air Force's Utah State for the showdown coming up on Friday. Folks, remember, it's not Saturday. That spectrum needs to be filled coming up Friday night, 9 o'clock tip-off, a late night. you got nothing else to do on Friday. Come on by. Make sure you get those tickets at utahstateaggies.com. And also get your tickets for the Mountain West Conference Tournament coming up here in just a couple of weeks. All you have to do is go to utahstateaggies.com to purchase your tickets. And remember... That game on March 1st is a blackout, so make sure to uh, wear black for that game coming up on Friday. We'll wrap things up with Coach straight ahead on the Aggie Sports Network. All right, final segment with Coach Danny Sprinkle as we get you ready for Utah State and Air Force coming up on Friday night. And then the Aggies will play one more conference road game against San Jose and then a, uh, a battle against New Mexico to wrap things up for the regular season. Then, Coach, we're all on our way to Vegas for what should yeah. be a crazy conference tournament. But as you mentioned, you take games one at a time. And Air Force, I don't care what anybody – I don't care what the record says. I don't care anything about what they have or have not done this season. You know you're in for a battle coming up on Friday. No question. They're just they're so disciplined. They're tough kids. They got character. Like they're gonna come, they're gonna fight, they're gonna they're gonna execute what they do. And you gotta be able to handle that and you gotta be able to you know, you gotta make them pay. You know, we gotta play our style too. Had a question rolling in from somebody talking about um, you know, energy and effort level on the road, and I don't think people truly appreciate how difficult it is, especially with the situations you're dealing with. A lot of teams get charters. That's yeah. not the case for you guys this year. A lot, most of these conference games, I think all but one, yeah. have been commercial. Um, it's difficult to have that energy level and where you need it to be, game in and game out, when you're on the road. Well, it is, and, and you still got to realize these kids are 18 to 22 yeah. years old. Like, they still got schoolwork. You know, like we got up early in the morning, and you know, you got an hour and a half bus ride, then you fly there, and then you got to, you know, you bus to your hotel. They got study hall, then you practice. And then they got study hall again that night, and then you're playing the next day. And so, you know, it's it's a it's a lot on these on these college athletes. And you know, luckily, you know, like we said, we just got back at you know five fifteen tonight. You know, yeah. and it's a full day of travel. Yeah. And so it uh it wears on you by the end of the year. And, you know, we gotta find a way to get after it. You know, and get that energy going. But it it's hard anyways. You know, playing anywhere in the Mountain West. But you know, Fresno, you know, it's not like the spectrum you know you don't have built-in energy and so like you got to bring your own energy and that that was an interesting note because and i talked to their play-by-play guy before and he goes hey we're not going to have a lot of people here and i mean it wasn't and that's and yeah. that's a big cavernous arena huge and it's like we, an nba arena and when you have you know maybe a thousand people there total yeah. um <laughs> i mean it was just like wow this is that's got to be tough on a player because you're so used to when you're in the pit, everybody's down on yeah. you. When you're at Colorado State, it was crazy. Yep. And, and so it's it's easy to have that juice. 
it's got to be hard to manufacture energy when there's just not a vibe in that arena, and it feels like one of those closed scrimmages before the season starts that no, you guys no do. No, no question. And especially when, you know, like when they, like the way they were playing and, you know, bleeding the clock and, and making it hard for us to, to get shots early and in transition, like it's hard to get your momentum, you know. And when you're not scoring, like that's what guys get excited about. Yeah. You know, or getting a big defensive block or something like that, like those momentum plays. And there wasn't a lot of those last night. And so, you know, it was it was it was a grind for 45 minutes, not just 40. You started Josh last night. Was that yeah. just a matchup knowing that they yes. probably go small? Yep. And uh, you know they did. They they had five guards out there, and so we had to, you know, we had to match up and give ourselves the best chance defensively to to, to be able to keep in front of those guys and guard to drive. And you know, I imagine we you know, we may have to do the same thing with Air Force. He, uh, I thought he was great in the first half, uh, yep. and then that that. Uh, Kind of that turnaround jumper Huge. in the lane in overtime. That, that was a big boy play right there. Big time shot, and, and we needed that thing at that moment. Um, I had another question rolling in. Uh, I know we only have about a minute or so, yep. but when you have success like you've had this year and people are talking about you and, and what you've been able to accomplish here at Utah State in the season you're having, are you getting more conversations with, with the recruits now than maybe earlier in the year? Do, do recruits notice an individual season like this, an individual successful run that you're on right now? I think they do, you know, I, I mean, but most of the kids, they're not even in the portal yet. And so, like, we're not even really talking to any of those kids that are, yeah. are going to be able to help us next year. Um, you know, there is some, you know, some junior college, you know, players and some and some high level, you know, especially young high school kids, you know, kids in, in Utah that are, you know, yeah. sophomores, juniors, uh, and even around the country that, you know, like they're taking notice of it. No, well, no question. Well, and again, I know you got to be careful how you handle it, but I did see some guys after the Boise State and I believe the San Diego State game too. Yeah. They're walking off the court and you're seeing them walk look around and be like, okay, this is this awesome. is fun. Yeah. This is cool. No, it's great. Like anytime we can get recruits here or teams here for our home games where they can actually like feel it, it's different. Like you can watch it on T V and you can tell the the energy and the excitement through the T V, but there's nothing like being live yeah. in in the spectrum. Well, we need to see it on Friday. Coach, thanks for hanging out. We appreciate it. You bet. Go Aggies. We'll see you all Friday at 9. Utah State Air Force, Friday, 9 o'clock on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield. From Rudy's, this has been the Aggies Coaches Show. Brought to you by Holiday Inn Express, Stay Smart, Beaver Mountain, Come Ski the Beam, Smith's Fresh for Everyone, Sports Academy and Racquet Club. Your club, your results, your life. Zions Bank. We haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Ford. Go further. And by Ruby's. Home of the Aggie Coaches Show. The proceeding has been a Learfield presentation on the Aggie Sports Network.